always to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you.
best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. Good morning, VCF family. Welcome to a time of worship, praise, thanksgiving. You will be blessed, and we will bless the Lord together. All right, let's stand up and worship God. Bless the Lord, Almighty One. Bless the Lord, you heavenly host. Bless the Lord, all you his angels. And let all the earth sing forth his praise. Let's sing it again. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, Almighty One. Bless the Lord, your heavenly host. Bless the Lord, all you his angels. And let all the earth sing for his praise. Come on.
Oh 
let's just lift this up as a fragrant offering to God because we have all experienced how good and wonderful he is. So let's just give him our, our music. Let's give him our dance. Let's give him our shout because he is worthy of it all. And we have tasted and seen that he is so good. So let's sing this one more time. And it's just you and God, and you're giving him your fragrant offering today. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good to me. You have turned my morning into dancing. Put off my rest and clothe me with gladness. And I will arrive and I will pray. I'll sing and I'll be silent.
you have to speak to us, Father. We want to hear from you. For I am the one who created all things. For I am the one who made you to be like me, says the Lord. There's nothing you cannot do. Nothing. Nothing, says the Lord. For I am the one who has the handprint on you. And my breath is breathing on you even more today than it was yesterday. For breathe in. Breathe in. Breathe in. For I'll give you more. 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 For I say unto you, today is the day I put forth a new path in front of you. For the old has passed away, but this is a new thing today, the very second I have for you. 
So get ready. Start packing. Get ready. I have new lands for you to go to. But I tell you, there's new books are coming, are going to be written. And I say unto you, get ready. Get ready. And we thank the worship team. We have an awesome worship team, don't we not? Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the blessing. Yes. I do believe we go over this. Now we will move into the confession to say together. It's ready. Our Heavenly Father has given to us another comforter to comfort us, encourage us, and strengthen us. He helps us to stay on God's course. God's Holy Spirit abides with us forever. He is our advocate of truth and our divine tutor to guide us in life. Spirit of wisdom who teaches us all things. He is eternal. He was involved in creation and he knows all things. We are learning great things from him. The Holy Spirit is our personal powerhouse who abides within us and overshadows us. Through him, we can boldly testify how good our Father is. We welcome and receive help in all things through the Holy Spirit. He helps us solve problems, find solutions, and outsmart all enemies to give us the victory in life. The Holy Spirit is our greatest ally who stands for righteousness, holiness, and truth. He always glorifies and honors the Lord Jesus and His kingdom. God's Spirit unveils and reveals to us what is ours. He provides us with special abilities and extraordinary power through divine grace. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising Word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's Word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Yes. Yes. Now, Melissa, would you announcements? Good morning, everybody. Hey, good morning. I'm so excited. Okay. <laughs> so, gotta get to the announcements. So Tuesday is youth oh, at yeah. 6 p.m. and we there's a lot going on with youth. So first and foremost, we are doing fundraisers during you know the holiday season. So we have coffee, and cookies for sale. So this is the order form. It is back on the information booth, and it goes to support Air Force. We have lots of different kinds. Feel free to also take an order form to work, to the office, 
we will bake cookies for everybody, okay? So we got all different kinds. I won't read them all because I'll get hungry. So <laughs> um, Wednesday, we will have Wednesday night refreshing. It is December 1st this Wednesday, and that starts at 630 then also, starting back up again, is Bible Adventure, which they have two afternoon sessions, and it's for grades three to five, and also homeschoolers are welcome. You can contact the office for more details. And then next Sunday is Book Club, which is December 5th, so we have been studying past Fiona's Fearless book, so just a reminder that that is next Sunday. Okay, so speaking of the youth, we have been doing something called Abundance of Rain for the past, like, two weeks, and basically, we just, like, this past week, we experienced, like, God's love, and I've been getting revelation from these sessions, as I'm sure the youth have as well, so you can ask them, too. Um, But one of the things that I wanted to share was, one of the phrases was, like, that we are over flood stage. And I don't know about you, but I don't know what that means. So I decided to look it up, and I discovered that there are basically five stages to flooding, okay? So first is action, which means that that's like the normal flooding that you see. It's a little fool, you got some puddles in the woods, that kind of thing, okay? So that's called action flooding. Then there's minor flooding, which is when the roads are covered, but it hasn't really impacted any, like, buildings or anything like that. Then there's what they call moderate flooding, which is buildings have been impacted a little bit, you can't pass through the roads, and some evacuations in, like, low-lying spots may start to occur. And then there's major flooding, okay? So major flooding is when Buildings are basically inundated with water, and if, you know, they're not sturdy, they will collapse, okay? So this is, like, the worst stage of flooding that we, like, would see, okay? And then at any point in these four stages, depending on the area, is what's called record flooding, which is just over and beyond what you have expected. So that is the kind of flooding of the Holy Spirit that we are expecting today and at this church in general, that we experience Record flooding, which is like the overflow that we are experiencing here. Which reminded me of the scripture in the Bible that's in Ezekiel, I think it's 47, um, about how he talks about ankle deep and then knee deep and then it's hip deep and then it's over his head. So we are experiencing it over our head. Isn't that awesome? Yes. Thank you, Melissa. Tell you, we have things going on with the Spirit, that's for sure. And uh, we're going to get into tithing. So we, so we are a tithing church. I said it's not just an act of giving, but it's an act of worship. And we all know we're cheerful givers. And giving our offering, it's a tithe before the Lord, but it's a sacred act of honor that we do here. So a victory... Yeah, we see planters back here in the side here and one in the back. And we're thanking you, Father, for such a wonderful day as this. And we're thanking you, Father, for the giving for this your wonderful love that you have here for the church. And we praise you, Father, for this. Amen. 
And we also have wonderful teachers here for the kids' life. So we're love to celebrate as they go to their class, and, and we're thanking you. Today we're, we're going to be going over the person of the Holy Spirit. And because uh, it's talking about the, the Spirit, so he's, he's the most important person on the earth right now. He's here to help us and guide us. But the, the Father and the Son say they are in the highest point, the highest place in the universe is on the throne room itself. So the Spirit's here with us to guide us where we need to be. And it's shown as, as believers, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that's shown in 1 Corinthians 6.19. And it shows your ministry and life is based on your relationship with the Holy Spirit. So we're going to Acts uh, 1.8. And it's saying, you shall receive power from the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And what the Lord was saying, he said when he announced this, that they had to wait for the Spirit to show up. And they had to wait for the Spirit. But the Holy Spirit has been poured out today and we don't have to tarry for it or be filled with the spirit it says when we had that born again experience we asked the Lord to fill us with the spirit of God and to baptize us in the Holy Spirit and when we asked for it we were filled instantly so we're going into Matthew 12 31 to uh, 33 And it says here, therefore, I say unto you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven man, but the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will be not forgiven. And it says, anyone who speaks a word against the Spirit of God, the Spirit of man, it will be forgiven. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will be forgiven him, either in this age or age to come. It says, Either man, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the, the tree bad and the fruit bad, or a tree known, the tree is known by its spirit, but it's known by its, the fruit. See, the Holy Spirit is the, is the spirit of truth, and we cannot speak against them because of that. See, when we, when we judge the fruit of people's lives, if the Holy Spirit is present, so there, there are things about him personally that causes you to know that he is there, he is working. And the thing is, we, we need to discern it to see if it's really him. And the thing is, we, we can't see the Spirit of God, but we see the effects of it. We see the movement, but we feel the atmosphere change as he comes in. We feel that a lot at the, at the Air Force meetings. He gets stronger and stronger every week. He shows up. But actually, it starts in the kitchens. Before we even start, we, you know, we take a little break before we start. But there's times, you know, there's 
just falling out in the kitchen floor. <laughs> and, it's, and it gets heavy. Then we, then we work our way out of the kitchen out into the sanctuary. But yeah, we have a good old time. But, but there's, there's times where, you know, when the music starts, I mean, it just, there are times we can't go through the, through the song. It's just so much laughter and joy. And next thing we're picking ourselves up off the floor out here. It's so strong. And it's like, <laughs> and he is awesome. So we're going to head into John 3, 5 through 8. And Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say unto you, unless one is born of water and the, and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And it says, Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. It says that the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but I cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So, is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So we're heading into Luke 24, 44 through 49. The Lord said to them, This is what I told you while I was still here with you. He says, Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. In verse 45, then he poured, and he said, then it opened their minds and they could understand what the scripture says. They told him, this is what is written. It says the Messiah will suffer and raise from the, the dead on the third day. And repentance for, for the forgiveness of the sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And 48 says, you are witnesses of these things. He says, I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from the Most High. See, Jesus already promised them that the Spirit was coming. He also let them know that him and the Father are one, and they'll be heading together in the heavens, but there is going to be a comforter coming. And as the day it happened, it was on Pentecost. See, Jesus, he spoke to him. See, he never intended for himself to set himself up as king in Jerusalem. See, in the mindset of the people at that day, that the Messiah, they thought he was going to come and to take over and rule. He was going to take over as king. But Jesus mentioned this many times that it was not going to happen, that the Holy Spirit was coming and he was going to be there to take over. Then the thing is, is that we, we have the Holy Spirit here and we need to focus on the relationship with God and the person of the Holy Spirit because he's here to help us. The thing is, what I was learning through the years as I was in the church, even though the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one, they each have their own individual voice. That's what I was learning. There was many times I was talking to the Lord, and this other voice would come up. Then, and, and the Lord would say, "Well, if you stay with me. You know my voice." So, I, like 
this morning, you know, said the Father, so, you know, you see the difference between the Jesus and the Father, the way they speak, the individual voice, but the Holy Spirit is a whole lot different. And it's, it's powerful. But that's the thing I was learning. So even though there's still one, it's like our marriages. We're one in marriage, but we both have individual voices, individual settings of the Holy Spirit. So we're heading into Acts 2, 1 through 4. And it shows here, when the day of Pentecost had fully came, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly they came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and they filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they appeared... And they appeared to them the divided tongues. They came out with tongues as, as a fire. One said upon each other, says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. And the Spirit gave them utterance. And we thank the Father for this gift that he has given us of this to go deeper in you, Father. For you are worthy indeed, and we just thank you. These are such wonderful plans that you have for us, Father. Become more intimate with you. To go into a deepness, a dwelling place we have never seen before. And we thank you, Father. And in Acts 2, 13 through 16, and associate other mocking said, they are full of new wine. You've seen that many times here. <laughs> This here, but Peter standing up with the eleven raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea, all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose, since they're only the third hour of the day, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it says, If they were actually drunk, and they, they, they had no manifestation of the Holy Spirit. See, the Spirit has, brings joy and laughter. And, and the thing is, we, they looked like they were drunk, but they were completely taken over by the Spirit of God. Yeah. So we're going to go into Luke 24, 45 through 49. And this is the, the Passion uh, translation here. And he said he supernaturally unlocked their understanding to receive the revelation of the scriptures. And he said to them, everything that has given fullness what was prophesied of me, Christ the Messiah was stained to suffer and raise up from the dead on the third day. Because now you must go into all the nations and preach repentance and forgiveness of sins so they will turn into me, like turn to me. But start right here in Jerusalem. It says here, you are my witnesses and have been for yourselves all that has transpired. It says, I will send the fulfillment of the Father's promise to you. So stay here in the city until the, the mighty power of heaven falls upon you. 
and wraps around you right now. And it's there, the thing is, the, the, the Passion Translation of the Holy Spirit, it says it, says it wraps you like clothing. But it says also it, it wraps you with the power of the Holy Spirit. It can be a witness and a testimony to the power of the life of Jesus Christ. And of his salvation power, his ability to, to cleanse us from our sins. And it says here, we are to announce that people need to, to repent and all have been reconciled to God. But like Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, so there is a ministry reconciliation whether to go out and tell the people that their sins have been paid for by the blood of Jesus. Yeah. And it says here they, they do not need to stay, you know, they need to stay out of the world, but they need to come to be saved. This is the message that was supposed to be preached. And the Lord is saying the, the message must be preached that the end can come. This is why the ministry, and, the, and we need the testimonies. And that's why we are involved in churches and groups. So we develop the corporate settings to strengthen each other so we can go out and testify who Jesus really is, what he has done, and what he can really do for us in our lives. So in John 3, 5 through 8, And Jesus answered, I spoke, I speak an eternal truth. Unless you are born of water and spirit and wind, you will never enter God's kingdom and realm. For the natural realm can only you know, give birth to things that uh, are natural, but the spirit realm gives birth to the supernatural life. In 7, it says, You shouldn't be amazed by this statement. You must be born from above, for the spirit wind blows as it chooses. But you can hear the you can hear the sound, but you don't know where it's coming from or where it's going. So when it's within the hearts of those who are born again. So in John three six it says here, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. And the point the Lord's saying is we cannot interpret the born-again experience by something physical. Only the Spirit, it unveils mysteries. And it says the Holy Spirit understands spiritual things, and he communicates that in the spiritual, as, as a spiritual person. What he was saying is a cardinal person cannot judge anything that a spiritual person encounters. So if, if you're born again and you are a spirit person and you make judgments because you understand spiritual things. But the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit reveals Jesus and testifies about Jesus and he gives you the power to testify what he has done. So we're going to be heading into 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. And he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. 
all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It says, now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. It says, that is, that God has in Christ Jesus reconciling the world to himself. This is now not putting their trespasses to him, but as committed to us in the word of the reconciliation. But verse 20, the Lord says, Now then, we are ambassadors of Christ. Although God, we're pleading you know, through us, we implore you on Jesus' behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to sin for us, that we may become the righteousness of God himself. But the Lord said again, it is the mindset of the people at that day wanted to deliver from Rome. See, the Pharisees were working with the Roman government. But Jesus was after the, the, the righteous corruption, actually the religious corruption of, of that day, not the Roman government. And it says Jesus never spoke against the Roman government. Says Jesus revealed the Father to the people. He started meeting the needs of the peoples physically and spiritually, but he never addressed the oppression from the Roman government. It says here, if you met the Holy Spirit as a person and saw who he is, you would depend upon him fully for everything. I mean, the Lord sent him here just for that experience for us to have him for every, every need we need. He can bring it. See, the thing is, he was just here to, to assist us for everything, to coach us, to counsel us, to be a standby, to be the applicant, but to be there to, be there to assist you in everything. But he's not here to leave us alone. He's with us day and night waiting for the call. And the thing is, the mindset of the day was that Jesus, to ascend to the Father and to send the Holy Spirit, the world, they were looking for a deliverer, a physical king to push Rome out. And that's what they were looking for, to get rid of the government, to stop the oppression put on them. But the Lord had other plans the, only him and the father would just sit on the throne but the Holy Spirit to come down here to watch over but he has the power to take over all things oppression sickness disease and at that time they were not looking at such things as this they were looking at physical things not the spiritual and this is what a lot of things today we need to look into is the spiritual realm And it says here, the Holy Spirit has been set, sent to, to do the will of the Father, to preach the gospel, that you can be a witness of the faithfulness of God through Jesus Christ. It says here, when you announce that the good news that the Holy Spirit is doing, that he is not speaking against the governments, 
he is not protesting. He's not working with you to get a testimony. He's working for you to get the testimony out of who Jesus is. So he wraps the power around you so you can be the witness that you need to be to go out to the world and to preach the gospel. And the thing is, we need to shift our mindset to do, to, do the, to do the things that the Holy Spirit wants us to do and to, address, and to address everything that needs to be looked at. See, the Holy Spirit comes to be your personal counselor to cause you to be born again, to lead you and guide you in the perfect will of God in your life. And then he clothes you with power from Most High to be a testimony about Jesus Christ. The Lord has a, he has a great plan, but he has also books written about us, the things he needs us to shift on. So the Holy Spirit's here to put us on that path where we need to be. I know he had done that in my personal life. He took me out of the world to put me into the church to learn more about who, who the Holy Spirit really is and how to go into a, a realm I'd never seen before. But there, there was a time at the latter church I was in, there was a man named Jack Cashman. He, uh, he, he had a class like once a month. It was called uh, Pennsylvania's the Minister Association. He started. And uh, I st- we, we, we sat in the class and I started looking at the paperwork. You know, this would be all right, you know. So I, I just put it back down on the table. Three weeks later, I picked it up again. I said, Lord, I guess I'm going to do this. And he goes, well, it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you know, because he, he, he just, I can imagine him smiling every time I picked it up and put it back down, picked it up, put it back down. Then, you know, it's it learning, you know, how the, the shift of the Holy Spirit, how he talks, how he, he wants us to take that path. Because I never thought of myself as a minister. I, you know, I just thought of myself as a musician. You just go out and just play everywhere. And, uh, and I did, and the Lord took me away from the worldly thing. He put me in the church, and uh, I'm faithful for that. So we're heading into John 14, 1 through 11. It says, don't worry or surrender to your fear. You're not living by God. But now trust and believe in, in me also. It says that my Father's house has many dwelling places. As it were otherwise, I would have told you plainly. Because as I go to prepare a place for you to rest, and then everything is ready, I will come back and take you to myself so that you will be there as I am. And you already know the way to the place where I'm going. And five, verse five, Thomas said to him, Master, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way to get there? And Jesus explained, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes next to the, the Father except through me, a union with me. This is here to know me is to know the Father too. And from now on, you will recognize that you have seen him and you'll experience him. 
And Philip spoke up and says, Lord, show us the Father that we will all that we all need. And Jesus replied, Philip, I've been with you all this time and you still don't know who I am. Now you can ask me to show you the Father. For anyone who has looked at me has seen the Father. And verse 10, he says, Don't you believe that the Father is living in me and I'm living in the Father? He says, Even my words are not my own, but they come from the Father. For he lives in me and performs his miracles of power through me because I live as one with the Father and that the Father lives as one with me. Or at least they believe because of the mighty miracles I have, have done. See, with Jesus, he established that the fact that he and the Father are one. That as you've seen Jesus, you have seen the Father. And the thing is that he is showing that the, the union they have is close. That no matter what the Father does, Jesus did. Because he loved the Father and the Father loved Jesus. And what he was, he was putting across was, you know, we need to do the same thing. The love that we show Jesus. That Jesus shows the same love towards us. And that's the same towards the Spirit. The, the Spirit, he wants us... To, to love him as you know the father loved him and the son, but he, he he's looking for us to love him even more. So the thing is, the spirit he's leading us and guiding us into all truth. And so, so there are many things that you may think right now are not even true, but to you it is reality. But the Holy Spirit will shift your reality every day. If you, if you actually if you will let them, and there's many times the spirits, you know, they come against you, put different ideas in our heads, try to shift us away from the things we need to get done, putting thoughts in our head, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that, but the Lord says you can do all things through me, and the things we've been coming against is this lying spirit, you know. Every time we're teaching the Air Force is uh, every time something would come up, we come against the evil one, saying, well, you owe sevenfold. Each time you open up your mouth, that's sevenfold. So we're going to bankrupt you. So just move on. Yes. So we're going to be heading into John 14, 12. And the Lord says, I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles than this, because I will go to my Father. See, what the Lord's saying is we need to meditate on, on that very thing at the very time. So here we cannot go until we understand this verse. See, following Jesus in faith means that you trust him. And if the Lord's saying is there's no scholar can take away from the power of these words. It's an original. It's indisputable. 
Jesus is saying that if you believe in him and trust in him, and you're going to be doing the same works or in greater works than he ever did. And he's saying, he says, the mighty, he says, the Holy Spirit wants to work miracles just like he did through Jesus. And Jesus, he's just waiting for it to happen. Every time it does, he's up there applauding you. You're great, doing great works. He's sitting there on his throne just looking down and smiling and say yes. And there's times he'd be standing up and clapping. And that shows you the love he has, the trust he has in us to do such works. It says, the thing is, we needed to have the truth to come out and cause them to make a decision that we're going to believe the truth instead of a lie. See, the, the lie was that Jesus was going to be their king in Jerusalem physically forever. The truth was that Jesus was the eternal plan of salvation to redeem mankind back to the place before the fall of the garden. But it says we are in a better position through Jesus because the new covenant is based on a better promise. And it's shown here before the fall, you know, from Adam and Eve, they in a place, they had no limitations. But God is, he doesn't limit us. But because of the fall, it was broken. And, and the thing is, now the world, is, it has a limit. It limits us. The world limits us. The thing is, Jesus came back and redeemed our spirit through his sacrifice. See, the disciples did not know this because Jesus was getting them ready for the fact that the crucifixion was about to happen. He was getting them ready to let them know he's ready. He mentioned it many times that he was going they didn't realize it was a true fact. They didn't grasp it at the time. That he was going to bring somebody else in. So we're heading to John fourteen thirteen, And this is the, the Passion Translation. And it says here, For I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my name. And as how the Son will show what the Father is really like and bring glory to him. His, ask me anything in my name, and I will do it for you. See, the Father, he, he's more than happy to do anything for his children. He's just asking, Lord, can I have this? Or, what can you do for me? Because you, you know what you, you can do. You ask my son, and it will be given to you. But the Holy Spirit, he, he's, he's ready. He's ready to move for anything we ask. But the thing is, if you can't comprehend anything like this, that you need to spend time, we need to meditate on the word more. If we don't, can't meditate, on, we'd like to meditate on the word more than we should then we understand who the Spirit really is. That he can, he can do things. He can move mountains. And this is what he wants us to do. 
to grasp the word and grasp who the Holy Spirit really is. And the thing is, we, we, because of the relationship we need with the Jesus and what Jesus has with the Father, his commitment is to bring glory to him. But if you use the name and ask in his name, he will do it to bring glory to the Father. See, God's saying, he's saying he has no limits for us. And he said he has already given it to us to do these works before you and even before we were born, they were all written out for us to do. See, all we have to do is cooperate with him and understand that it's going to happen as you ask. The thing is, you know, the Lord's saying is that there, there are people in hell that God wrote wonderful books about. But they, they got off the wrong path. They listened to the voices they shouldn't have been listening to. And uh, that can't be changed, but we can change it today. We can, we can ask the Father even more, you know, if there's anything stopping I mean, even in the bloodline, in my own personal life, you know, I had to go through and get rid of things. Because when the shift came, it was, it was powerful. But, but there was more things in my life I had to get rid of. It would have been more powerful. And the thing is, you know, Lord, he wants us to clearly understand that he is the way, the truth, and the life. But the, the things what we carry the luggage, parts of things we don't want to get rid of. But the more we, the things we get rid of, it's going to be a, a clear path to where you need to be. It'll be uh, quickened. And that's what he's saying today. See, in John fourteen thirteen, see, Jesus is trying to coach the disciples and tell them that he has all these things that he wants us to do with them. But, we, but he's asking us to do it in his name. But he says, you, well, we must ask, you know, we can ask anything. But do not let anyone in any way take that away from us. It says, when Jesus said this, he said, uh, this is the plan and purpose that God has for you. That you, that you would ask in prayer and that you would you would get what you ask for. What he's saying is once you have received the words that Jesus spoke, he says you can go you can go on. But he says there's the next stage, it's revelation is coming. And it's more powerful than than things you you know, it's coming. And the Spirit's there to help you. But it says that Jesus, you know, he established a relationship between him and the Father. Once that is, you know, caused to be born again experience. But there, there's more to the Holy Spirit than being born again. This is where Jesus introduced this to the disciples. That the person of the Holy Spirit is going to take over to be down here with them forever. And the thing is, the Lord was, you know, he's explaining is there is a war down here keeping us from receiving revelation. 
So these are cycles that in your life have to do with warfare. Says so there are times and seasons when God wants to move in your life, and this is when Satan comes and, and, and he tries to take over with deceitfulness and of riches. They say that he causes your heart to be hard so that the seed will not you know, take root. And so the, and there are attacks of the enemy to come against the, the revelation. So what the Lord is saying, he says, he's revealing who the Holy Spirit is, but which is hard for the disciples because they didn't understand who he was at the time. It was, it was hard for Jesus to explain to the, the Holy Spirit to the people because they could not see him. Because at that time, they, they, they had to see him because they didn't understand the, the spirit form about it. So in John 14, 15 through 17, this is the, the, the Passion Translation. It says, Loving me empowers you to obey my commands. He says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth. He will be to you a friend, just like me. He will never leave you. It says, the world won't receive him because they cannot see him or they do not know him. But it says here, you will know him intimately because he will make his home in you and he will live inside of you. And the thing is, the Lord was saying, he said this, this would have been a big step for the disciples. When Jesus says you know, things like this, he, he, the Spirit will take us step by step to get where we need to go. This is, this is why we need who he is. It says there is no difference between loving God and obeying God. It says they are the same. It says if you, lo- if you love God, you obey God. And Jesus said, he said this plainly. And he says, if you love me, you obey my commandments. So in John sixteen twenty seven. It says, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I have come forth from God. It says, obedience and love are the same thing. This is becoming foreign in in, in cultures because Satan wants to extract that concept to the other countries. He says he knows that, that the key is the manifestation of the power of God in our lives is through the obedience. Once we get obedience, things will shift even more for us. So in James two, eighteen through twenty, this is the Lord you know, but it says someone will say, You have faith and I have works. So show me your, your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. As you believe that there is one God, says, do you well? Even even the demons believe 
and they tremble. This says, do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? The Lord said, he says, we are empowered by the Holy Spirit with the compassion inside of us. And it says that the only thing is, the point is that when we, when we obey what he has to say. And, and there's, there's four points here the Lord has. He says you have to believe that the Holy Spirit is your friend. And two, says you have to believe that the Holy Spirit is never going to leave you. And the third point is, is you're going to know that the world won't receive him because they cannot see him. And four is showing you know him intimately and he knows and he makes his home in you because he lives inside of you. So the Holy Spirit's making sure we get on that path. So he shows the great love just like the Father and the Lord Jesus. But he wants us to show that same compassion back. So we're heading to John 14, 18 through 21. It says here, I promise that I will never leave you helpless or abandon you as orphans. I'll come back to you as soon as I leave this world and they will see me no longer. But you will see me because I, because I will live again. And you will come you know, alive too. But that when a day comes, you will know that I am living in the Father and that you are one with me. For I will be living in you, says the Lord. Those who truly love me are those who obey my commandments. Whoever passionately loves me will passionately love by the Father. And I will passionately love you to return and will manifest my life within you. See what the Lord was saying to the disciples. That that we should see that he is emphasizing that the truth is about the verses that Jesus, that he was not going to leave us helpless. And um, the word he used was hopeless. was without, you know, with any aid, you know, any aid, but he's here to help us. He's not going to abandon us. We're not, we're not orphans. And we are, we are, we got the inheritance of the king himself. And he's, he's more than willing to give it up. And the thing is, we, you need to experience this in our life by trusting him. Because that way you need you know, a, a good message. You will have a good testimony to go out and tell the people that God is, you know, he is total truth and he, he provided salvation for all, to tell people the testimony of your own life. Tell them what he has done. See, what the Lord is saying is because of the fall, there is an element of a rejection in every person. 
But people, you know, put out, you know, of the pride, but that they come across as being self, you know, confident and, you know, prideful. Yeah, you can address, you know, the rejection issue on the inside. But when you you talk about God's acceptance and his forgiveness, people warm up and become broken with the message that God loves them and they're not rejected. And that's one one of the greatest things that Satan always tried, that we are nobody, we have nothing, and he is everything. He He has more power than in the heavens. If that was so true, then why did he get kicked out? And, you know, when he, when he hears the Lord Jesus, he, can, he, gets, he gets paralyzed. So, we're not the victim. He is. We have victory. And when we listen to the, to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that's more than double, 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 right. triple, triple, triple. <laughs> so he can't do nothing about that except for paying up. Right. So Hebrews 11, 8 through 10, says here, By faith Abraham obeyed them when he was called out to go out into the place where he, he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. So in verse 9, it says, By faith, he dwelt in a land of promise. It sounds like us. As a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob. The heirs with him, where they all had the same promise. For he, he waited for the city, which was the foundations whose builder was the maker, who's God himself. He was the foundation of the, of the area where he lived in, the house he lived in. Let's go into Matthew 8, 5 through 10. As I said, now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is, is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully uh, tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. And verse 8 says, Tyrion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my, my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. This is for I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. In verse 10, Jesus heard this, and he marveled. He said, as he followed, surely I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. So with the centurion, he understood obedience and submission to authority. So the Lord, you know, the thing is, we have the counseling of the Holy Spirit. And it's for us to listen to it every time he talks to us. 
And the key point the Lord's saying is, Almighty God wants to live with you and to be, to be intimate, involved with you every day. He wants to become closer. And what he's saying is, he, he wants this causes us to be accountable. The benefit that he has, he takes us, he takes care of us on the issues that we encounter down here in this fallen world. But the, but the benefits far outweigh the trouble that he has for the trouble you have in this earthly realm. He already had it already stacked up where no matter what the enemy does, he outdoes it. So what he's saying is if you had the Trinity inside of you, the Holy Spirit has been sent not only to operate in you, but through you. It says here you have a friend of God and God knows you. See, God knows you and who you are, and when He has, He has confidence in you, who you are. And what the Lord is saying is, He's investing in you today. And he, he, and he said, You can do amazing things through Him in this realm, and to finish out your life down here, He's calling you history makers here. He says, You can change. Anything you wish. Because the enemy, no matter what they build up, no, no matter what roadblock they have, no stop sign they try to put in, we have that authority to knock it over, to run it down, to shift the road how you need to be shifted. So, Father, we thank you for this great day. For such a word, Father, you have of the Holy Spirit that he dwells in us, and we dwell in him. And we just praise you, Father, for you are worthy indeed. And we thank you for the understanding of the revelation, how it works, Father, but it's your great love that the plans you have for us and the purpose you have for us and how to handle it, Father. And we thank you, Father. Amen. Is there any prayer need here today? about the Holy Spirit is shifting in your life at all? Does anybody, anybody need to hear of the Holy Spirit? What he has to do? Okay, Father, we just thank you for the traveling mercies today and we just thank you again. Amen. That's all I got. <laughs>